What's up, Penguins fans? Happy Wednesday to you all. Another massive game on tap for your Pittsburgh Penguins on Thursday. They will travel down to Washington to take on the Capitals. That will be coming up in the second segment of this show. But I'm sure you're all wondering, what are the latest injury updates? Well, I have some good news and some bad news for you. That's all coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I am, your, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LOS for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook sponsor of Locked On. Make every moment more. You can visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So <clears throat> as promised for my little intro just about a minute ago, some big injury updates and practice updates for you all to start the show. We'll then preview the game against the Capitals. And then to end the show, we're going to have a little fun segment uh, with, a, with a potential trade target that I think the Penguins could be looking at um, as the deadline gets closer. Hint, if you all want to think about it right now, he makes a good chunk of money and plays on a bad team. So there will probably have to be a third team in there serving as a broker. That's all, the only hint I will give you all. But starting off for today's show, the Penguins, they were practicing today and, and Cranberry and before they will go down to Washington to take on the Capitals for the second of four meetings this season. Most of the lines were the same. Gensel, Crosby with Rust, Zucker, Malkin with Raquel, McGinn, Bluger, and Carter, and then Drew Connor, Ryan Paling, and Danton Heinen. Um, the good news for the injury updates, Josh Archibald and Kasperi Kapanen did take part in the practice today. Archibald was full contact. Kasperi Kapanen was not. Uh, Kapanen actually spoke after practice today, said that he, you know, he confirmed that he was dinged up in the game against Ottawa. He said it didn't think at first it was going to be anything serious, but he said after a day or two, he was in a lot of pain. But, you know, over this last week, he said it's, it's gotten a lot better. And, you know, he's just going day by day right now and he's progressing fine. So really good to see him um, getting back into the swing of things. I know the Penguins bottom six is not that good, as I've said many times on the show. And I know Kasperi Kapanen has kind of have, had an up and down season, to be honest. But, you know, when healthy, I think he probably is one of their best bottom six options. As much as it pains me to say that just because their bottom six stinks, it's nothing on Kapanen. Um, you know, he, he is one of their better options because, you know, last couple of weeks, you know, he's been a little inconsistent, but I think, you know, he's, you know, starting to produce more a little bit. So I don't expect him to play on Thursday. I don't expect him to go on Saturday. I do think, however, he will be ready to go um, after the bye week and after the All-Star break. Because remember, the Penguins do not play any games at all next week. They have two games left before their bye week slash the All-Star break. And then every team will be off. Um, I believe, actually, I believe every team um, is off next week. I mean, I, I know the Penguins. Are. I'm just making sure here that, actually, no, pardon me on that. No, not every team. Um, is off next week. They have the bye weeks throughout the season. I, I apologize. So Penguins bye week is next week. Um, every team has one uh, now, but then the all-star break is next week. And so at this perfect timing uh, for them with the injuries, um, Archibald was full contact today. Teddy Bluger did leave practice um, a bit early. According to Danny Shirey, he departed the ice during line rushes. There, I don't think there was really any update from Mike Sullivan on him there. Um, after that, after, um, 
um, Bluger was on for the, his first line rush when before he departed. Um, the third line became um, Brock McGinn with Jeff Carter and Josh Archibald. So Archibald was taking regular line rushes there. Um, in terms of his status for tomorrow, I think it's kind of 50-50 in my opinion. Um, he could go. He could not. They could be saving him for the game on Saturday. I also would not be surprised if um, he sits out the final two games and you know he gets an extra week to rest and recover. But it does look like Archibald is getting very close. That's the good news because Barry Captain was also back at, back at practice as well. But the bad news, let's just touch on it here. Drumroll, please. Dustin Tokarski was recalled on an emergency basis. No Tristan Jari for these next two games. Mike Sullivan even said today um, Jari is out until after the All-Star break. So he is going to be out for at least the next 10 to 11 days. They will reassess after that. Um, you know, I'm fine with him saying that right now just because they have the bye week. He can use that to just rest and cover. It sounds like he was at practice today in street clothes. Um, so hopefully it's not too, too serious. Again, it's a different injury compared to the groin that he had, but it is definitely really frustrating that, you know, this is what his third injury now in the last seven to eight months. Um, I hate saying a player is made of glass, but you know, he just, he's got to stop getting banged up because this is when he is healthy. I really do think this team is different. You know, I think they play a different style in front of them. You know, they feel they, it's, how do I want to say this? You know, I don't think they're all truly run and gun um, in front of DeSmith. I think they definitely play a little more sloppier in front of DeSmith, but you know, in front of Jari, you know, that they just go back to lat this past Sunday and look how they played in front of them against uh, the, the, the Devils. And I didn't really see anything injury wise. I mean, I've gone back and looked at the goals he gave up. I went back and watched some, some of the replays seemed fine. You know, Sullivan said he found out um, on Monday, right before, right as he got to the ring for the game that he wouldn't be able to go. Justin said he found out five minutes before pregame warmups that he had to start. So this is, this came on pretty quick. Um, it sounds like it sounds like he wasn't hurt right after the New Jersey the New Jersey game. You know, he was at practice um, on Monday. They said he was going to start. Must have flared up um, in the few hours after. But um, definitely not the best news that he's going to be out for at least the next ten days. But you know, they should be able to get through these next two starts perfectly fine. I will say to Smith, for as bad as he played on Monday, I don't think he's going to be that bad in Washington. Remember, just about. Um, what was it? Just a few months ago. Remember, they they broke that loot seven game losing streak against the Capitals. Who did Mike Sullivan go with for that game? Casey DeSmith. Very curious decision. You aren't going with your number one guy. You know Sullivan didn't end up paying off. The cap the, uh, the Penguins won that game four to one. DeSmith only gave up um, one goal in the third period. Made some really nice saves in the first and second period. If he can give them that kind of goaltending in that game um, on Thursday. Penguins will have a great opportunity to um, really make up some ground on the Capitals. They're tied with them in the standings right now, and they have three games in hand on them. Um, but they can really um, put put the pressure on Washington because they haven't been playing well as late. I'll get to that a little later on. So not the best news with Tristan. It's going to be DeSmith's net on Thursday against the Capitals and on Saturday, I would think, against, against the Sharks, unless DeSmith is really bad on Thursday and they go to Dukarski on Saturday. And then the last bit of news today, um, Ty Smith, was sent back down to Wilkesbury. That's that's just a purely cap move. Um, the Penguins only had fifty nine thousand dollars of cap space um, available before the Dokarski call up. And no, I'm not kidding. I checked cap friendly myself. 
you know, Ron Hextall kind of screwed himself there with that cap situation. They only, they not, didn't even have a hundred thousand dollars to spend. Um, so they had no choice, but to send someone down, it ended up being Ty Smith. You know, I disagree with it. I would have sent someone else down, but you know, he makes a decent amount of cash where, you know, they get more cap room um, by sending him down. That said, you know, I think Ty Smith is probably better than at least two of the defensemen that are playing right now in Chad Ruido and Brian Dumoulin. Hopefully he'll get more of a look as the season goes on. I thought he played really well um, when he was up. But those are most of the practice news um, and notes items of the day. Um, power play-wise, um, Crosby, Gensel, Raquel, Malk, and Latang. It was a bit interesting last night on Monday when the power play was really struggling. Sullivan actually swapped Petrie and Latang. Um, he ended up going back to Latang though a little later on in the game, especially in the four on three. But good to see Raquel getting those minutes now over Russ. Power play two. Jeff Carter, Jason Zucker, Brian Russ, Stanton Heinen, and Jeff Petrie. Um, nice to see um, Heinen getting some power play two minutes um, after he scored um, the first goal that he after his first goal, I should say, since what October twenty second, I, th- I believe it was against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, so those are again, those are most of the practice news and notes items today. Hopefully. Um, Jari is going to be okay. Um, you know, they, they, they got to pray that he's not out longer than these next 10 days. You know, the schedule is going to get a bit more tough in February, to say the least. Um, they better hope that this is a quick injury like the last one. You know, remember, he came back, what, two weeks, basically something like that. They have to hope that it's something similar here. I've not heard what it is. Again, I don't know. Um, if I hear anything, I will pass it all along to you all. And in terms of Bluger, wasn't maintenance, it was maintenance reasons. So he'll be good to go, I think, um, for the game on Thursday against Washington. We'll just have to see if Archibald is ready to go. But again, that wraps up this first segment, touching on the practice news and notes today. Um, coming up next, how do the Penguins beat the Capitals for the second time this season? Just how banged up are the Capitals right now? And just how have they been a different team since they struggled, even though you know they've kind of fallen off a little bit as of late, but they did have that really hot run to get back into a playoff race. We're going to have to get all into that um, directly after this. But first, first is my wonderful new little promo for the YouTube audience. Let's get into FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. And yes, the NFL playoffs are here. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that makes betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. You can just sign up and sign up, excuse me, at fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Again, me, I'm not the best with parlays. I happen to stink with them, but I'm usually not bad with money lines and uh, some player props and stuff like that, like Crosby anytime goal scorer or anything like that. It's all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, do not miss out. Place your fi- first $5 bet this weekend with the AFC and NFC Championship games to get $150 in free bets Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and locked on. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So 
Penguins Capitals round two on Thursday. Penguins beat the Capitals last time in DC four to one. And as usual, all the Penguins fans went to the steps. Um, I love that tradition. I, you know, I, I was part of it back when I was in college and late high school. Um, it's a ton of fun. You know, I will always nothing. No, nothing is better. Then seeing all the Caps fans go out there and just give you the double bird and stuff as you're sitting on the as you're standing on the steps here chanting "Let's go Pens," that is a really fun time. But in terms of the actual game here, this is a Capitals team that was surging over the past few weeks. You know they were in third place in the Metro. They've fallen down to the second wild card spot. Um, this is a Caps team that you know they got a little bit healthier. Well, at least for their standards, but. Lately, they have been struggling a bit. They've lost six of their last 10 games. They've lost two in a row. They did get Alex Ovechkin back last night, so I expect him to play against the Penguins. Um, speaking of Ovi, I mean, you know, he's just been so durable. I'm pretty sure I saw a stat, and I think that, that sounds right. Um, he's not even missed 50 games in his career. Um, so you can say a lot of things about Ovechkin, but one of the more underrated things is his durability. He is just never hurt. So it's it's rare when you see him miss a game. And, you know, he missed it the other night, I believe, against the Golden Knights. Came back against the Avalanche. That was a 3-2 loss by the Capitals. Um, he's not going to miss Pence Caps. He, he said afterwards that he's not 100%. Trust me, he, he's going to play um, against the Penguins. But um, for the Caps right now, um, they are missing quite a bit of players. Sean Carlson is on IR, their top defenseman. I don't even know if he's going to play again this season. Um, he suffered a really nasty injury. He took, I think, a puck to the ear um, really screwed up his ear um, and just everything around that area. Um, he is out indefinitely. Again, I don't even know if he's going to play again this season. Uh, best wishes to him in that recovery. Connor Brown is also hurt. Carl Hagelin continues um, to be out. Nick Dowd is day-to-day. Nicholas Backstrom is also day-to-day. He is out with a non-COVID illness. He had to miss the game against uh, the Avalanche on Tuesday. I will. I, I would expect him to be able to go on Thursday, you know, some of those illnesses, you know, they, they, they go in and out, you know, right through you basically. Um, again, I, I, I personally would expect uh, him to go, but if not, that'll be another massive loss. I also expect TJ Oshie. He, he missed that the, uh, the game as well, but he, him and his wife also welcomed the, I think they had their fourth kid. Um, so he's day to day in quotation marks, but you know, the fact he's been spending time with his family, I would expect him to be good to go for this game. So uh, if all goes according to their plan, I do think Backstrom and oh, she will be back, but still, the loss of John Carlson is a big one for the Capitals. Also, Tom Wilson, who had just come back from a torn ACL, he left Tuesday night's game with a little, another lower body injury. Uh, Peter Laviolette said that he is day to day. I don't think the Capitals have practiced today, so we'll have to see if he's out there for the morning skate. If he is not out there, you know, can't say enough how big of a loss that would be. Outside of you know his antics, you 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 all know what he's done in his past. So you know he's kind of. I will say, I will say this. Dude's actually cleaned up part of his, you know, his dirty hits. You know, I think it's been a little bit similar to the Matt Cook situation where he was kind of throwing the book at him. And that's when the Penguins really came out and said, Matt, you either change or you're out of here. And I don't think the Capitals, you know, they released an official statement about it, but I do think they probably said something in, internal like, dude, you don't start do it, cleaning this up, you know, we're going to have to cut bait with you and put you on waivers or send you another team. And, you know, get to his credit, he has cleaned up his act and I haven't really seen him have a questionable, controversial hit in a while now. He's, and he's also turned it in, I think, to one of the best power forward goal scorers in the league. So if he can't go, you know, that, that is a big loss for Washington. Their lines right now, 
um, Ovechkin with Dylan Strome and Nicholas Albi Kubel. I do not know why Nicholas Albi Kubel is on their top line, but you know, the Penguins can use that to their advantage. Sonny Milano with Evgeny Kuznetsov and Tom Wilson, but again, with Wilson out, potentially out, someone's going to have to come in. Kuznetsov has not really fully been himself this season. Um, I was looking at Dom's uh, stat cards from the Athletic. He's only paying at like a 4.5 million pace this season, even though he makes almost 8 million per year. That's not good enough for your second line center. Um, I think he needs to be um, a lot better. But Milano, a nice, savvy uh, waiver wire pickup by the Caps. And then on their third line, old friend Connor Sherry, who basically always scores against the Penguins with Anthony Mantha and then Protoss. Uh, Mantha, he's been in and out of the lineup this year as well. Don't really know if he's going to be staying on the Capitals too much longer. And then Lars Eller with Garnett Hathaway and Marcus Johansson. Johansson has been pretty decent. Since coming over from Seattle, Eric Gustafson, Trevor Van Riesdijk for their defense, Dmitry Orlov, Nick Jensen, Matt Irwin, Martin Fedorovi. Um, you know, some decent players there. Orlov, I think, is the one that stands out. He's, you know, I think the best puck mover along that unit. Gustafson has scored some goals for them this season. Fedorovi is also not bad on the third pairing, but, you know, obviously the big loss is John Carlson. It also affects our power play as well. I know you have to, you know, account for Ovechkin from his office, but. Carlson can also rip it from the point. I don't think enough people realize that. You know, he he is a great quarterback for that unit, and they're really missing that um, right now. So, um, also, I will say this: one more thing about their lineup. <clears throat> Man, has Dylan Strome been good? What a steal for Brian McClellan, the Capitals' general manager. I, I wanted the Penguins to go after him this offseason. He would have been a perfect fit for their third or fourth line. Kudos to the Caps for signing him. He has been a tremendous fit. Definitely think he's going to get extended there. He's that's looking like probably one of the best deals of the offseason, to say the least. But you know, it's Penn's Caps. You know what you're going to get with it. Um, this is a big game standings wise. As I said, the teams are tied right now. The Penguins have two point get three games in hand on them. If they're able to win this in regulation, they will be still three have three games in hand on the Capitals and two points up in them. Meaning, if the Penguins were to win those three games in hand. They will be eight points up on the Capitals with the same amount of games played. That is how big this game is. You can't, you don't, you don't want to lose this one. Um, yes, they're going to be up a creek a little bit because Casey DeSmith is in net, but the Penguins did play well against Darcy Kemper last time. I thought Kemper was kind of inconsistent, but you know, I think DeSmith will be really wanting to rebound. And you know, if he plays the way he did back in October against this team, I really do think the Penguins can get the result that they want here. Um, slowing down the Capitals' power play is always a big challenge, even without John Carlson, potentially Tom Wilson. T.J. Oshie can really rip it from his office, which is about 20, 20, 25 feet out in the slot area, you know, where Ovechkin goes. You know, Kuznetsov's good behind the net. Backstrom from the right half wall, very solid if he's able to play. Power play's been men for years. The Penguins PK has struggled a little bit as of late. I'm going to be really looking for that. Um, and at 5v5, I thought the Penguins dominated the Capitals last time at even strength. I thought they were the faster team against them. Really looking to see how that goes. And also for the Penguins, um, can the bottom six play good as well? You know, last game against the Panthers, not one, but two goals. Drew O'Connor and Danton Heinen get on the score sheet. Can anyone else from that unit get on the score sheet? Maybe Brock McGinn finally scores his first goal in almost, it seems like a month um, at this point since he scored. I'm pretty sure his last goal um, came against the Hurricanes in late December. So it's been a while, but... Um, this should be a fun one. Uh, those are the keys I'm looking at for the Penguins to win um, this game. Um, I don't want a three-point game in this one. That would obviously stink. But if they can get a regulation win going into their final game before the break against the Sharks, against their division rival, 
Um, that would be huge against the Penguins. Yeah, they started out hot against the Metro teams. Falling off as of late. They lost all four to Carolina. They've lost a couple to New Jersey. They've beaten Columbus a few times. They beat the Flyers, but those two teams are not that good. They've lost to the Islanders once. Um, you know, they beat the Rangers at least once, which is good, but and they beat Washington once, but you know, I still want to see them reverse this trend where they've not been playing as well against the Metro teams, specifically Carolina and New Jersey. But you know, that that's really what I'm looking for in this one. Other um, some a couple other stats right now. Uh, Penguins, um, they're 11 and 6 and 1. In their last 18 games against the Capitals, they have points in 12 of their last 18. They've also won four of their last five games at Capital One Arena. Um, and they also have a five-game point streak right now. So those are some of the numbers um, going into this game. So that wraps up this preview segment. And yes, we're going to get to that player who I think the Penguins could be targeting at the trade deadline directly after this. Stay tuned for it. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at Penguins. And of course, thank you so much for making this your first listen of the day. So a player that I really do think the Penguins could be targeting, even though he makes a lot of money, is Jonathan Daves of the Chicago Blackhawks. It will be a very Ron Hextall kind of move. You know, someone who's a bit older but can still play. Yes, he makes $10.5 million per year. So even if the Blackhawks eat half of that, that's $5 million, a little over $5 million. You would probably have to use another team to take a million more off that. If you can get him for $3.5, million, something like that, I think that makes sense. They would have to be dollar in, dollar out. Right now this season, uh, Jonathan Taves at 5v5. Um, four goals, eight total assists. If I go to all situations, he has, if I can update this here, 13 goals, 27 points at all situations. Um, so still a double digit score would be a good fit for them as their third line center. Um, not underlying numbers wise in all situations he's played in all 45 games a season. When he's on the ice, the Blackhawks have had 49% of the shot attempts, 42% of the actual goals for 41% of the expected goals, 43% of the scoring chances. You know, these numbers are bad, but again, you have to take them with a little bit of a grain of salt because the Blackhawks are one of the worst teams in the league. Kyle Davidson, their general manager. He's even said that you know their plan is to stink this year. It's not going over. It's not going over well with Kane, with Taves and Kane, but you know they have to live with it. So um, both of them are going to be on the block. I think um, as the, as the deadline comes closer, we're about what almost five and a half, six weeks away from the deadline at this point. But you know I could see the Penguins having this be their deadline move, especially because Ron Hextall has not liked to trade away a lot of futures as his time as general manager. Remember last year. Even when they went out and got Ricard Raquel, I don't want to trade that first round pick. I don't want to trade this top prospect. He still went out, traded a second, traded a roster player, and traded um, one of their goalie prospects, which I'm fine with. You know, you, you do what it takes to win. But, you know, I think almost any prospect and almost any pick should, uh, basically any pick and almost any prospect on this team should be in consideration we move. Maybe outside of Owen Pickering, just because they just picked him. And I think he has a really strong ceiling to be a good player in the NHL a few years down the line. But I also will hear the arguments that it really does not matter five years now because the team is going to suck anyway. Again, I understand that. I just don't think Pickering is going to be on the block. But um, for Taves, I don't think you're going to have to part with the first. He may not even cost a second. I think I read from Elliot Freeman that, you know, the price might be a third round pick, maybe a second, but you know, he's at the point now in his career where he's, you know, he's still a decent to a good player, but he's not, you know, a top three player in the world. Like so many people, you know, said he was 
back in his prime. And, and I do think he was one of the best players in the world. I never listened to the gossip and the weird stuff that he was better than Sidney Crosby and all that stuff. I thought that was just hogwash to me. But, you know, this is a player, you know, that he can still play again. 13 goals at, at all situations this year, 27 points, almost 30 um, points. That is much better. Uh, um, there's a much better, how do I want to say this? I, I had the word and I just lost it. Um, much better offensive numbers than, say, a Jeff Carter who has four goals and, you know, I don't even think he has 20 points a season. He's just been brutal. And he continues to get a lot of ice minutes every night. So um, I definitely do think this player could be on the Penguins radar. Again, a player that's not going to come very expensive. Um, they'll have to get a little creative with their cap situation just because he makes a lot of money. But if you can get a third team broker in there to really cut that down and maybe have him make $3 million for the rest of the year, because this would be a pure rental. I don't think the Penguins would re-sign him after this year. He would just probably go somewhere else, maybe finish his career in Chicago for all he cares. But, you know, in terms of helping them win a Stanley Cup and a need for a third-line center, he would definitely qualify. He can still definitely play. It's just, you know, getting that cap down and, you know, not trading, you know, your top prospect or anything. Maybe it's a pick plus a roster player to also help with the cap situation. That's maybe what it's going to be. But I don't think he's going to cost um, a heck of a whole lot, at least for me. So, you know, it would be great. Face-off, he, he can still Great with face-offs, especially in overtime and on the penalty kick. You can put him on the PK. Uh, he would do a heck of a much better job than Jeff Carter. I also think some wingers next to him, whether that's Brock McGinn, Kisman McCavin, Dan Heinen, I think they would flourish with a player uh, of his caliber next to, um, next, next to them. Um, I just think it makes sense for all those reasons, and you know he can also really skate. So um, that's why I do see it as a potential decent fit. Um, that's just how I see it though. Let me know what you all think down in the comments on YouTube, or you can send me a DM and stuff. Do you think Jonathan Taves makes sense as a trade target for the Penguins in five and a half to six weeks? Do you think they can make it happen? Or, you know, do you think they should go after someone who's, you know, a bit more better, a bit more younger and doesn't have as high as a, a cap hit? So let me know all your thoughts about that. Again, that will do it though for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening to this one. I will have another episode for you all on Thursday. We'll be recapping the game against the Washington Capitals directly after it happens. And then Friday, we'll be previewing the final game before the break against the Sooners Sharks. And then next week, we will still have content for you all, despite it being a bye week into the All-Star break. Um, thank you all so much for listening. We're having a great month right now in January with the podcast and the numbers and all that. Again, thank you all so much. Hope you all have a great rest of your day. We'll talk on Thursday evening.